Welcome to Scary Savannah and Beyond. This is episode 18, and I'm your host, Brett. And joining me, as always, in homage to an upcoming segment on our show is the lovely and talented Jedi, Crystal. How are <laughs> you doing? I'm channeling my inner princess Leia today. You'll find out why coming up shortly. So, um, you can find us, if you look for us, on the web at www.scarysavannahandbeyond.com. You can find us on social media if you go to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, some other 15th thing. Look for the username at Scary Savannah. And if you would please, and you do not know this yet, we are actually a video podcast. You can still get us on all your normal places that you got it. But if you go to YouTube, you can find videos that join up to this podcast. And it's easy to find us now because another thing I'd like to mention is we have completely overhauled our website, haven't we? Yeah, you did a great job with that. It looks really good. Yeah, I'd like to take the credit, but it was an amazing uh, site that a lot of podcasters that I know on Twitter are using, and they recommended it to me, and I used it, and it it did a phenomenal well, you still job. A long time doing it. So. I did setting it up, putting the colors on there, and the graphics, and putting on every single little icon. Yeah, you got icon happy. I just couldn't stop myself. I was like, oh man, Look at if all I these could pretty have little Audible, buttons, and I can have a Spotify, and here's some. <laughs> podcast directory based out of Ghana (laughs) and they only serve like 12 people in the whole world but I need to be on that directory because I need that icon is there like a Japanese one because we have four Japanese listeners you've got to catch them all (laughs) and those people in Japan probably know better than I do what uh, server service they use for directory so let us know yeah so if it's not currently on our website we can add it. Well, they're I watching need, it somehow. I need more icons. Sure, I need, they have I need YouTube. icons. Yes, definitely. So go to our website, and there is a link for videos and episodes, and you can go there, and our latest YouTube video will be actually right on our front page, and you can check out our videos there. We would love it if you would subscribe to our channel. Very easy. Just click one button and like the videos also. That would be very helpful, right? Yeah, we're trying to get to 100 so that we can name the channel. Yeah, and uh, near the end of this episode, we're going to talk about something we're going to do as maybe an incentive to try to get people more involved with watching and liking and subscribing (laughs) at your leisure and be on the lookout for that shortly. You can uh, support us if you'd like. Go to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash scary savannah. And we also have PayPal and buy me a coffee and both of those are on our our website too. Oh yeah, the buy me a coffee thing is cool. Yeah, it is. And it's no pressure. It's just, it's a very expensive thing. That I do need doing. a coffee every time. So, she, Well, she literally does. And she can't come in here and do the podcast without a coffee. So we've got some new stickers coming. I just yeah, want to let really you know cool. that. You see our logo up here on the screen. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm just going to put it right on the camera for everybody to see. I just designed this logo and I'm really happy with it. It's a little uh, loud sort of like me, uh, the color scheme, but we were going for just a old school horror look. We've got on a real big Tales from the Crypt kick here lately. It's like we yeah. we were kids when that show was out, right? Yes, I was way too young to have watched this. Yeah. This was like 1989, 90. Yeah. And I remember watching an episode with my mother. She probably does not remember watched, this. We watched that episode the other and night. She, and I'm like, how in the world did you stay in the room like, with your mom? He was like, you watched this whole thing with your mom. I was like, yes. I'm uncomfortable watching it with you. I know. And I was like, uh, yeah, I didn't watch any more after that. That was the last one. That was season one. Yeah. And, and the, so I it, never saw another one. And I'm this old. And I just now started watching yeah. Tales from the Crypt. I had no idea it was so, it's so good. So stupid, but in a good way. It's so stupidly good. It's like the stuff we watch on Shudder. Yes. It's I'm surprised it's not. It's just yeah. an HBO thing. And we do have a new merch store, and I'm going to give you more info on that later. But um, how have you been so far, Crystal? I mean, what's been going on with you? Uh, just It's been a great week. The weather has been absolutely beautiful. You know, it's been in the 70s yeah, I'm finally. Yeah, wearing a jacket. It's like, I hate going outside when it's cold, so now I feel like I can finally come out of the house. And yeah. Hopefully we'll get to go down to the beach for the first great. time in months. Yeah, since you I don't can't ever take the go wind. to the beach well, I can't with take me. the wind. So if it's cold and windy, I can't do it. We could put that tent up. 
<laughs> let it get not, blown away. Yeah, that's not going to help. It's not going to help. So hopefully <laughs> we'll get to do that. And I yeah. want to go get some flowers and some mulch because I'm really into flowers and mulch. Yes, yeah, so every year I know it's Home about Depot. that time when she's like, we got to go to Home Depot and get 27 bags of mulch and put it in the trunk of my Honda Civic. Yeah, you mean at least 27. That's, that's 27 like- pallets of mulch well see i looked into having them ship it to the house but it's going to be like really expensive to ship it so i figured we just put it in my car and um i love that part of the year (laughs) and i always plant hot peppers every year you do and i make hot sauce and i make really good hot sauce you got like 20 bottles in the fridge right now this is just because i've been you know not hanging out the bars giving it to people but uh i made some some free hot sauce let us know mango habanero yeah let us know we got hot sauce all the bars on (laughs) top you tasted it love it i got people that want to buy it from me but i'm like i ain't gonna i think you just kind of forgot about it it's just been sitting there it's been aging yeah it gets better it does so speaking of these new stickers, we should have them here soon, and um, I'll show them on the show, and we'll tell you a little bit more about those when we have them, but I can't wait to get them, because I'm going to do like my boy Robbie that I was in a band with, I'm going to take them, I'm going to stick them on street signs, <laughs> I'm going to stick them on windows, I'm going to stick them on bar stools, I'm going to stick them on police cars. Oh wait, I'm sorry Robbie, I wasn't supposed to say no, that. No, don't tell us secrets. Don't tell us secrets. Robbie, you know who, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so this week... We have an interesting story. Yeah, we do. It's not paranormal and it's not true crime, but it could be a paranormal true crime if certain scenarios all gathered together and it happened. It would be horrific. It would be worse than any true crime killer ever. Yeah. Right. Um, The subject that we're speaking of today has fascinated me for quite a while and I wanted to cover it. And what we're talking about is something referred to in government circles, broken arrows, right? Yeah, you taught me about broken arrows. I didn't know what it was. Yeah, this is uh, a term that is used to describe lost nuclear weapons. That's scary. Yeah. Between 1950 and now, there have been 32 broken arrow incidents with six nuclear weapons lost. Wow. That just seems irresponsible. This is sort of like, like you know, we trust the government really, and they can't even keep up with their nuclear and, weapons. And these are the ones we know of. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what they're willing to admit. But to count it up, it's probably a little higher than that. You know, probably in the area of between six and hundreds. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, if they're going to admit to six, then that probably means there's a lot more than six. Yeah. I read like their count is six, and then like, this one count is like really high. So they figure it's somewhere yeah, in between. Somewhere between one and all of them. Yeah. You know, just a small one. We'll round it off nearest hundreds. <laughs> so it makes it terrifying to know that yeah, there are these way, things. Even if there's just six. That they're lost nuclear weapons that are somewhere that could detonate and destroy everything for multiple square miles from where they are. And what makes it more terrifying and more interesting for us is that we just happen to live right by one of those lost nuclear weapons. That is crazy. Um, we've told you before, uh, we are based out of Savannah. We do, we're actually filming our podcast in Savannah right now. But we actually live on a little island called Tybee Island, right? We do. It's about 30 minutes away from Savannah. You know, uh, if I drive, if Crystal drives, she'd be there in five. <laughs> and there's 22. only... 22. Yeah, 22. I shave eight minutes off of that. Exactly. Uh, there's a population on the island of only about 3,000 year-round residents. Now, don't let that fool you because on any given weekend, we can have 20, 20 000, to 30,000 yeah. people on a three-mile-long island. Yeah. Right? Or is it two and a half miles long? It's about three. About three miles long. It's crazy. We're not equipped for it, but Mm-mm. they come. <laughs> they come. They come because they love it. And we're just inviting you to come. Come down and see us at Tybee. Yeah, we're going to tell you why. It's a really fun place to live. We love being there. Um, of course, we have our beautiful beach. It right? is beautiful when it's warm. Yeah. And in the summer, like I said, we have bukus. That's the technical scientific term for it. Bukus of visitors from all over the world. Yeah. Maybe even our four Japanese listeners have been here. I hope so. It's possible, you know, and there's at least 10 people in Europe that listen to us. So we've got a lot more in Europe. Ah, okay, between 10 and 20. No, I was looking at it today. We have a lot. Oh, well, that's cool. In the United Kingdom alone, we have like 200 and something. Tell us about yourselves. <laughs> Let us know. Hit us up. Tell us about England. 
So what we love about Tybee are the locals. I yes. mean, that's one thing we love. We've got a lot of friends on Tybee and everybody we know has their own unique story and everybody's a personality. We there, even right? have our very own pirate. We do. Our pirate of Tybee Island. Yeah. He's Tybee a good, Island pirate. He's a good friend of he ours. even like trademark that. Up I'm going to just like somewhere on the screen here. I'm going to yeah, show him our Tybee thing, Island pirate. And I'm going to show you our buddy Keith. Keith. <laughs> and you're going to see him and he actually trademark. He's in music videos. Yeah. He's been on YouTube music yeah, videos. Yeah, he's kind of famous. Man, I'm going to link that. I'm going to try to tell myself to link that right up there. So if I <laughs> don't, don't forget. If I don't, I'm sorry, Keith. I tried. So it's filled with a lot of characters. We have a functional lighthouse, right? We and do. And it's a beautiful lighthouse. We've and, been over by it and we ride yeah. our bikes by it all the time, but we've never actually yeah. gone into the top. You can climb the stairs if you're so inclined. We've never done it. Well, we did in St. Augustine and you were terrified. It's, so I think that's why we didn't. That lighthouse was terrifying. When I got to the top, it's like I was hugging the wall <laughs> and there's a rail. The wind's blowing so hard. I'm like, I know that Jesus is going to come take me home. <laughs> If I get close to this rail. But you ride roller coasters that are way higher. Yeah, but they have harnesses and seat belts too for wimps, you know, <laughs> okay. like Carowinds. We used to go to Carowinds all the time. It's on the state line of North and South Carolina. I have a bunch of big coasters there. I'm scared of heights. I know. I that doesn't make coasters. any sense. It, it doesn't make any sense You can't climb the Tybee Lighthouse. Yeah. Uh, each year we actually, well, we're the parade capital of the Southeast. Yes. You know, we have parades for everything. Yes. Pre-COVID. It's like yeah. every weekend in summer, there was some parade for something. Just for no reason. Our biggest is probably, I guess, St. Patrick's Day. Well, yeah, it used to be. It used to be. It might be this year. We'll Savannah find out. Savannah really takes St. Patrick's Day seriously. We are crazy about St. Patrick's Day for some reason. Because a lot why. of people are Irish. Well, there are a lot of Irish people mm -hmm. here, and that probably has something to play into it. So each year we have a parade called the Beach Bum Parade, which is described as the South's largest water fight. And this is really the only parade that you can tolerate. You're not very big into parades. I'm big into violence, though. But you love this one. I do love this one. Well, I, you know, I've, I've tended to love this one. It usually occurs in May, and it almost always happens like right at my birthday. Yeah, we've had your birthday out yeah. there before. And they bring elaborate floats down the street, and uh, there's people with water guns up and down both sides of the street. The floats, they have huge tanks of water, and they have water cannons and stuff. They just come down that road and douse the crowd, They're and, and the crowd's giving it back to yeah. them. And so anybody that comes down the road, whether they're part of the parade or not, get involved in this situation and there's a lot of water going on for all yeah the first thing i learned the first year we did it was secure your phone somewhere dry because i had mine in my back pocket like i usually do yeah and people were aiming for it like oh, they saw constantly it. it wasn't a matter of incidental no 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 they were aiming for my phone that if yeah. you had a phone they're gonna aim for it yeah. so do not bring your phone keep yeah. it in the car or in your house. Yeah. So pay attention to the signs at the entrance of the island yeah. that uh, say, roll up your windows. They're big blinking lights. They're not kidding. We were there one year and someone came cruising down Butler, which is our main street on Tybee, during the parade in a late model convertible Corvette with the top down. <laughs> what were they thinking? What do you think happened? <laughs> there was no mercy. There was no mercy. There was no mercy. We have several little beach shops where you can get anything and everything you'll need for your visit, including Tybee Island branded t-shirts, Tybee Island branded beach towels, Tybee Island branded koozies, Tybee Island branded stickers, Tybee Island branded Tybee Island. <laughs> we got that. You can buy yourself a little bottle of it and you know, sand yeah. from China, you know, but it's <laughs> Tybee Island branded. I'm telling you right now, everything you're going to need for a good trip at the beach. And we've mentioned drinking here before. What is it they call Tybee? A small fishing island with a drinking, a small drinking community with a fishing, fishing problem. problem. Yeah, a small drinking community yeah. with a fishing problem. <laughs> exactly. That's what it is. You can uh, actually carry an open container in Savannah in the historic district. You can walk around with a beer, open container, no big deal. Tybee Island's the same way. Take your beers down on the beach. Any given night you're out on Tybee, you can find yourself some pools, some darts, open mics, karaoke, and one bar features the coldest beer in America. 
They, they say so right on the bench by the post office. <laughs> That's what it says. On so. the bench by the post office, and they cannot lie about things of that nature on a bench by the post office, right? It's true. We've been there. But our favorite thing to do is our little local gambling, which is the American Legion Bingo. And we're there every Friday night that we can be there. It's yeah, last week, all the tourists showed up, like, I guess because of the weather, it was packed. So yeah, it was packed. If you want to come to Bingo on Tybee, you better get there by 7. Yeah. It starts at 8. And every October, we have a festival called Pirate Fest. People come from all over, all over the place. And mm-hmm. they dress as pirates. They got pirates themed. And there's a parade, of course. As of course. we said, there's a parade for everything. We have multiple pirate a outfits. zoo. Yeah. And live music. And Those two last, things go together. And the last time they had a band, I'm talking about real bands. They had Quiet Riot. Quiet Riot was there. That's exactly how you say it down here. You say Quiet Riot. Quiet Riot. Quiet Riot was down here. We have a pavilion with a fishing pier where they set off fireworks every 4th of July and New Year's. And it's really cool to see those fireworks over the ocean. Yeah, There's, like some of them even come up out of the water somehow. Yeah. And some of them caught the pier on fire. <laughs> that did happen one year. And like was the pier like, was closed I'm for like, like That is months. very spectacular. That is mm-hmm. quite, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> I ain't supposed to do that. Yeah. And then there's a truck sitting there and there's fire everywhere. So then the the pier was closed for several months after that. Yeah, they had to repair it. It was glorious. <laughs> I mean, probably not for the taxpayers, no. but it's owned by Chatham County, <laughs> not the city of Tybee. So I yeah. guess everybody had to foot the bill on that one. <laughs> Um, so we definitely recommend Tybee Island. If you're looking for a fun summer vacation, please come visit Tybee and stay on the North End. If, <laughs> no, if no. If you want to have fun, come to the South End where yeah, we are. Yeah. Add more traffic to my community. Um, <laughs> well, if you want a quiet vacation, come to the North End. Yeah. However, all this being said about our lovely little beach community that we've got here, let's bring the horror to the story, shall we? Yes. There's one scary thing about Tybee that we didn't even know when we decided to relocate here. I know. Like, I did not know this at all. It might have factored into our decision, but probably not. No, it wouldn't have. (laughs) So, here's our story. On February 5th, 1958, a B-47 Stratajet bomber was running a simulated combat mission during the Cold War. This was a very powerful aircraft designed to fly at subsonic speed and high altitude to avoid enemy aircraft. There were some problems with this design, though, and out of the 2,000 manufactured for the Air Force, 203 of them crashed. That seems like a really high percentage. Yeah, that's roughly 10%, baby. Yeah, like I don't think that's an acceptable loss these days. I only know it's 10% because you just moved the decimal. Well, I, I wrote it down for you, too. And you wrote it down. I, I can't math. <laughs> it's the next sentence. <laughs> I can't. Well, I can't read either. You know, you know me. I'm so excited about reading it in a cool voice. I don't even look. Mm-hmm. You know? So they ended up discontinuing that model in 1965. This particular jet that we're going to talk about was piloted by Major Howard Richardson. He sounds important. He, especially when I say it like that. I know. Major Howard Richardson. On board with him were First Lieutenant Bob Langerstrom and Captain Leland Woolard. And if you were trying to make a movie (laughs) about an aircraft with a nuclear weapon and there were three people in it, every one of these people would be played by action heroes. It would be like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Rocky. (laughs) Sylvester Sylvester Stallone. And that third guy that does splits. Jean-Claude Van Damme, he's back. They were running a simulation where the F-86 was supposed to intercept the pretend Soviet plane, which was the B-47 jet. They are flying at 39,000 feet. It's pretty high. <laughs> that is very high. That's how, how high are we like when we fly to like Vegas? 35,000 feet. Oh, really? Approximately. Wow. I mean, it changes depending on weather conditions and stuff like that. But I, Wow, I had no idea. I that's think. terrifying. I think that's about right. Oh, you know, that's really hot. It's about like what three miles? I guess off the ground. That's a lot. I I I don't know. It might be seven miles. I'm not a pilot. Tybee Island pirate is a pilot though. He is. You didn't know that? I didn't know that. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's just even more. He fascinating. does it all. He does it all. He also drives for Uber. Yeah, he does, <laughs> which is probably a lot less you know thrilling no. than no, flying. No, but it's an just as dangerous. <laughs> oh yeah, he he did have a gun pulled on him, and he 
like yanked the gun out of the guy's hand and drove off with it. <laughs> That's how cool he is. He's hardcore, baby. He is. So, like I said, they're flying at 39,000 feet. And due to a faulty radar reading, the bomber actually collided with an F-86 fighter jet. Now, that would typically spell doom for I you. Know. you wouldn't I you think? can't believe this. this. This story is true. You can Google this. This mm-hmm. is not something we've made up. The pilot of the F-86, Lieutenant Clarence Stewart, had to abandon the aircraft and parachute into a swamp because we got so many swamps. They're everywhere, Mm -hmm. all over the low country. He recounted in the Washington Post in 2005 that he had landed in a little clearing in the biggest damn swamp in South Carolina. (laughs) Lucky him. Yeah, lucky for him. It was February and the gators weren't hungry. So, yeah, it was definitely lucky. Yeah, they don't eat in February, at least. From the high altitude that he had to jump from, he was suffering from frostbite. So his fingers weren't working and he had trouble shooting off his flares. This just does not sound like a good situation, does it? He nearly shot his own toes off, but the noise from the flare caused a dog to bark. Good dog. And a ranger eventually tracked him down. He tried to call Charleston Air Force Base Collect. <laughs> Remember when you had to make collect calls? But they would not accept the charges. <laughs> no way. What are you, that pilot that was We're just looking involved for? in a mid-air no. collision? We're not taking it. Don't, <laughs> Sarah, I told you not to take the call. <laughs> not taking it. We're waiting for big alien to dial up. We got to keep the lines open. <laughs> you know how this works. The ranger took him to the hospital where they wanted to amputate his fingers because of the frostbite. As a pilot, that would have been devastating, so he refused. He threatened to walk out of the hospital. They decided not to amputate, and he eventually returned to duty and flew several missions in Vietnam. Yes, he knew better than those doctors, didn't he? Every once in a while, you know, <laughs> you, you beat the odds, you know. Anyways, back to the B-47 that's plummeting to the earth. There should should be a sound effect for that. There has to be. Yeah. I didn't mention that it was carrying a 12-foot, 7,600-pound Mark 15 thermonuclear bomb. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. The pilot, Richardson, feared that if the plane crashed, the bomb would explode. No big whoop, right? <laughs> nuclear it's bomb. It's just a nuclear bomb, right? Nuclear bomb. This bomb was more powerful than the one that was dropped on Hiroshima. No. And you saw just, what happened there. Uh, that's, no, this uh, is nuts. He requested permission to jettison the bomb into the ocean. He did so when the plane was at about 7,000 feet, then somehow managed to land the plane safely at Hunter Army Airfield. I can't believe he landed this plane because it like, one of the wings was just like hanging. Yeah. Like and that. And one of the to, engines was hanging off. And, and they're having to think and talk amongst yeah. themselves about, oh, we're probably going to crash and die because yeah. it's not often that something like this happens to an aircraft and they don't just die. Yeah. You know, you, how often is your wing sheared off? Yeah. And, and part one of the four engines was hanging yeah. and it was just a mess. And it's like how in the world did they have the presence of mind to be like we've got this weapon of well, mass you destruction got this name like these names yeah i mean these names spell like He's confidence got, uh, like they know what they're doing oh yeah like, he walked up and he's like we've got to drop the bomb he's like the guy that you we've know dropped the bombs on the airfield the one that dropped the bombs on hiroshima and nagasaki Remember yeah that guy he the was Enola a total badass yeah the Enola Gay. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, like several of those guys died from radiation poisoning, actually. Well, he, well, he didn't give a crap. He's like, well, that's <laughs> how it's going to be. He was later awarded the Distinguished Flying Cross for saving the aircraft and the crew. Although it never flew again. <laughs> well, I wouldn't think so. They didn't repair it. I'm surprised no. they didn't try to like hey, put some duct tape on that well, thing. Well, they might have repaired it if they'd have just picked up the collect phone call from the tow company <laughs> that was going to bring the aircraft back over. That was over. the F-86. Yeah. They, they, yeah. Didn't, they lost that one. Yeah, they'd be like, well, you know, we, we're going to try to fix it, but nobody at the Air Force Base is taking these phone calls. <laughs> they just won't accept the charges. I don't know why. So now, conveniently, we have a thermonuclear bomb right off the coast of Tybee Island in the ocean. So how is that convenient? It's convenient because you don't want to hesitate. When it's time for your bomb to explode, you want it to be close by. 
I mean, you don't want to yeah. have to deal with like the radiation sickness mm-hmm. and third degree burns. You just want to be, be obliterated. You just want to be like, wow, that sure is a pretty sunset. Ah. <laughs> like, why is the sun setting in the east? Oh, gosh. <laughs> the Air Force spent 10 weeks searching for the bomb, but were unable to locate it. They abandoned the search in April of 1958, but it's still somewhere out there to this day. Do you know that? You knew that. I did know that. I but do you know script. how close it is? I do. It is believed to be in the Wausau Sound, and uh, I looked that up on Google Maps, and it is literally right off the coast. There she be. Yeah, I'm going to post a picture so you can see just how close yeah. where they think it is. So let's talk about this bomb. Like I said, it's 12 feet long, 7,600 pounds, roughly the equivalent of half my dog, Layla. <laughs> Layla. But the important question is, was it armed? There is debate over this. So that gives us hope. Yeah. Because it might not have been, but nah. In the 1990s, a retired Lieutenant Colonel Derek Duke, sticking with the hardcore macho names. Oh, yeah. This guy's cool, too. Decided to investigate. He was a former Air Force pilot and Vietnam vet who flew over 100 missions. He had a fascination with tracking down lost nukes. He did some research and found a letter written to a congressional committee in 1966 by W.J. Howard, who was at the time Assistant Secretary of Defense. Howard had been asked to produce a list of accidents that had resulted in lost nuclear weapons. And that's concerning considering it's obviously happened enough to the point where they need to write a letter about it. Yeah. You got to compile a list. That's a problem. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit scary, but it's okay. Cause we pay $3,000 for a bottle of ketchup. So, you know, sometimes things take time and it costs <laughs> money and our government's on it. Staplers don't you don't worry. Buy themselves. That's exactly right. Howard named two accidents involving complete weapons. And that's where it gets a little bit scarier. Yeah. You know, One was an incident in 1965 in the Western Pacific where a plane had gone over the side of an aircraft carrier in 2,700 fathoms, which I looked up (laughs) because I didn't know how deep a fathom is. Did you? It's actually 16,200 feet. Did you know that? Uh, We'll just say yes. (laughs) The aircraft, pilot, and weapon were never recovered. The other was the Tybee bomb. Duke became concerned about this and contacted a local congressman. The official reply was, the bomb contained no capsule and presented no public safety hazard. Go on your way, citizen. (laughs) Nothing to see here. However, Duke was not impressed with this response. Being a man of manly name. Yes. Of course. And being a former Air Force pilot. Yeah. He knew their crap. Exactly. (laughs) Even if it wasn't armed, it still contained 400 pounds of explosives and uranium, which is, needless to say, highly radioactive. Yes, we don't need that in the water. No, we got plenty of pollution in the Savannah River without nuclear waste. (laughs) And again, maybe we got nuclear waste too. I don't know. We'll find out. Go tell them what these plants are doing up the stream. You know what I'm saying? The government said searching for the weapon would pose a risk to the environment, and it was better left where it lay. <laughs> Sounds like Because the answer. government's in Washington, D.C. Yeah, and they're not going to be affected. And we're 500 feet from where the bomb probably sits. <laughs> exactly. When asked about his 1966 report about the bomb being complete or armed, Howard said he was mistaken. Convenient. <laughs> now I, that I, is convenient. Well, it turns out I was wrong, you know. <laughs> after uh, having a visit from my collect call. Yeah. <laughs> Associates. Uh, turns out I was completely wrong. Yeah, that never happened. It sounds like they either really believed it's not armed or they don't want to admit that it's armed. I'm going with they don't want to admit it's armed. As long as it don't blow up, it's fine to believe that it's unarmed. Yeah, yeah it's it, it's more of a peace of mind yeah. just to think it's not. So Duke decided he would try to locate the bomb. He raised money and used magnometers and Geiger counters to try to find it hoping that if he did, the Air Force would remove it. Here's a clip of Derek Duke on why he decided to head up the search. I'll play the clip for you now. 
Everybody felt a responsibility to uh, ourselves, our fellow citizens, our families, certainly the area to, hey, is this thing really safe? What do you think, is it? To a point. And then it's very unsafe. Despite all his efforts, he was also unable to locate the bomb, which they believe is somewhere near the Wasall Sound, which is right off the coast of Tybee, as you said yeah, earlier. It really is. And we're going to post a picture of the presumed location and its proximity to Tybee Island. I'll put a circle around it. A circle. Put, put Tybee Bomb right I'll there. I'll even put it up right now. It's not already up. In response to all the hubbub generated by Duke's search, Richardson, who was the pilot, had this to say. Richardson noted the receipt he had signed when he took custody of the bomb, wherein he promised, during this maneuver, I will allow no assembly or disassembly of this item while in my custody, nor will I allow any active capsule to be inserted into it at any time. Indeed, Richardson wrote, his aircraft had no capsule aboard. Yeah, well, you know how you'll just sign stuff online, like it'll say, like, read all this stuff, check yes. Yeah, and you've never it. once done that in your entire <laughs> life, have you? No, I've never read it. I've like, never I just read it. anything. I, I can go buy myself that outdoor TV. Well, I did do that, but, you know, he probably just signed this paper. He didn't read yeah. it. I know, it's what is this? It's military nonsense. Yeah, yeah, custody, schmustody. Yep. In 2008, Tybee Mayor Jason Buelterman reached out for answers after some concerned citizens brought it to his attention. This is previous Mayor Jason speaking. I received a letter maybe about a year later um, from the pilot of the plane that crashed with the bomb on it. Uh, and it was very clear. It said, you know, that, that there is no uh, chance that this thing is armed. Duke is unconvinced. He went on to write a book called Chasing Loose Nukes. Wow. That rhymes. It's a nice little title. That is. Chasing Loose Nukes. By Duke. By Duke. <laughs> <laughs> loose Nukes by Duke. <laughs> now I'm getting into Dr. Seuss. Yeah. It's about the missing bombs, of course. In the book, he quoted one Howard H. Dixon, whom he identified as a former crew chief who loaded nuclear weapons onto planes at Hunter from 1957 to 1959 and this is me quoting him never in my air force career duke said dixon told him did i install a mark 15 weapon without installing the plutonium capsule and this is a very classy gentleman that's a they're crew. all classy i just love that voice i mean i just envision it <laughs> oh like then that. you can't wait for when we do midnight in the garden of good and evil I you can do jim, Will wait, jim williams i can't wait until we do that we just both finished the audio book we've lived in savannah for years and have never actually read it but then we listened to it and i love that book it was so good john barrett that's his name yes He's amazing. Yes. John Barrett, on the off chance you're watching this video, I just want you to know. <laughs> you want to be on our podcast? <laughs> well, yeah, that too. But I was also going to say, you're a great writer and you're my hero of the day. I should just have a hero of the day. Oh, like yeah, one day was Keith Morrison. Oh, yeah. Who's obviously. I was just listening to a Dateline podcast earlier while we were cleaning. For everything I've got to say. <laughs> that was good. But where are the dog tags? Dog tags. Dog tags. <laughs> What are those doing here? Why are they on the mantle? <laughs> that was an actual episode. <laughs> it was. <laughs> One theory is that the bomb was actually retrieved by a Soviet submarine, and that is why it's never been found. Yeah, I read like somewhere, like not long afterwards, they spotted a Soviet submarine like lurking around looking. So they think, you know, it could have been picked up by them, but hopefully not. Why would they be all the way over here? Because they heard about the thing and they wanted it. Oh, they just wanted to come get it. Yeah, that's what they were doing. Technology. Yeah, they were trying to. This it was, was the during Cold the Cold War. War. Yeah. Ah, I've got a video game about the Cold War. There's a lot more fake guns in it, but you know, I'm sure they probably have an episode where you steal a Tybee bomb. Assuming it's out there somewhere, if the bomb was armed and if it were to explode, it could destroy an area 1.2 miles in diameter and have radiation effects ten times that. So we'd be obliterated. Yeah, we can see the ocean from our house, so we would definitely be I the first to go. I had a dream about that one oh, time no. that I was sitting on the beach, 
And we were sitting there with my parents oh, and I'm looking out the ocean and all of a sudden you just see the boom. Mm. And if you look at the video of where the military blew up a bomb at uh, Atoll Island, I think is what it's called, mm-hmm. which is what Bikini Bottom from yeah. SpongeBob is based on. You can see how it happens. Yeah. So I saw that in my dream and I was like, wow, we're going to die. <laughs> I knew what it was as soon as I saw it. it said that daggum Tybee bomb's done showing up and he's ruining my vacation at my house. Ruining my life. You're ruining my life. And then I was gone. <laughs> it is pretty scary. So it fits in with our theme of scary. Yes, this is the scary Savannah part. And beyond. And it's the actual I mean, only like, literally, thing. Literally, we're sitting at home and you know, in our house. We, can, we are sitting right next to a bomb. A nuclear bomb. A nuclear bomb, bomb with weapons grade uranium. <laughs> That's right. Even if it's not armed. I mean... Yeah. Who knows? But it gets even worse. So even if it doesn't explode, even if it can explode, it's still got radioactive materials in it. Yeah. And one of those concerns is that the radiation could be leaking out into our water supply. Tests have been done on the upper Floridian aquifer, which is where our water comes from. And they say there is no connection to the bomb for the higher than normal (laughs) levels of radiation. They also wouldn't take our phone call because we tried to call collect. <laughs> and they and just they're like, what's it. that mean? <laughs> uh, collect? <laughs> what is this about collect? <laughs> they attribute it to a mineral in the sand called monazite that naturally produces radiation. Again, convenient. I'm not buying that. So this is big nuclear like we ha- I did not know we have higher levels of radiation in our water. Big like, government. It's like I have this big fancy water filter because the water is nasty it to begin with. It takes out radiation. She and bought I was it from like, QVC. Does it take out radiation? They don't tell you that. <laughs> I mean, like, I just wanted to get like the taste, you know, that tastes like sulfur Our or something. Radiated water I tastes mean, so good. Do they make a filter to get rid of Maybe radiation? That's, why that's what Layla's I need. so big. And maybe that's why coffee's got that arm growing out of her forehead. <laughs> I don't know. These are things we oh need to gosh. think about. Yes, we have to figure this out. So we've read a story about a shrimper named Bubba Smith. He claimed that in 1960-ish, he was trawling near the Tybee Pier when he caught something in his net. He thought it was an engine block from a lost trawler. He was unable to pull it to the surface because it was so heavy. He ended up hiring a diver to go and see what it was. The diver went down and reported back to Bubba that it was not an engine. It was a bomb. This is nuts. It was a bomb. And like, he didn't tell somebody. Now, let me tell you a little something about the Tybee Island Pier. (laughs) If you've seen a picture of it, it looks really long and majestic and people can walk way far out. And another thing about Tybee is we have one of the largest coastal shifts on the entire East Coast. So we have a very big difference between high tide and low tide as to where the ocean is at. So when they re-nourish the beach, actually at low tide, you could walk farther out than the pier goes and still not be in the water. Yeah, but I don't know if they reef, you know, if they did that back in 1960. But that pier is not the pier that was there in the 60s uh-uh. because that pier burned down. Yeah, it did. You know, that's a whole nother story. That's probably got ghosts involved. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but even still. It's not that deep. It's not that far out. Yeah. So, uh, according to Bubba, he said, <laughs> don't worry, I got you here. We left that some bitch right there. <laughs> yes, off dock, the old Coast Guard station. <laughs> is that pretty good? That was good. Yeah. No way to know if that story is true since Bubba is long dead and the bomb is still missing. I just like to think it's true. Like, you know, this old shrimp guy and he's like, hey, he just found it. Probably. Yeah. He probably even pulled it up on the boat. He's like, daggone, big old bomb <laughs> up here. I can't feed my family with this thing. And just, <laughs> <It's awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, interest in the bomb has fluctuated throughout the years. The spotlight shifted to another incident that occurred right after this incident. Another <laughs> nuclear bomb was accidentally released in Mars Bluff, South Carolina. They're just all willy-nilly with these Oh, well, just push it on out, you know. It was March 11th, 1958, so just a couple months. Yeah. Just a couple months Months. after the Tybee bomb. The following is from a Wikipedia article, and I'm going to read it in my best newscaster voice. Okay. A U.S. Air Force Boeing B-47E LM Stratojet from Hunter Air Force Base took off at approximately 4.34 p.m., and was scheduled to fly to the United Kingdom and then to North Africa as part of Operation Snow Flurry. 
Nice name. The aircraft was carrying a nuclear weapons on board in the event of war with the Soviet Union breaking out. Air Force Captain Bruce Kulka, who was the navigator and bombardier, was summoned to the bomb bay after the captain of the aircraft, Captain Earl Kohler, had encountered a fault light in the cockpit indicating that the bomb harness locking pin did not engage. After the Air Force base would not take their collect call. <laughs> it doesn't say that. As Kolka reached around the bomb to pull himself up, he mistakenly grabbed the emergency <laughs> release pin. I'm sorry, I'm going out of character oh now. My gosh. The Mark VI nuclear bomb dropped to the bomb bay <laughs> doors of the B-47, and the weight forced the doors open, sending the imagine? bomb 15,000, and for those of you in Europe, 4,600 meters. meters down to the ground below. Imagine being these guys like, oh my gosh. <laughs> don't don't. <laughs> just pull the pin like that. Don't pull the All pin. I can see is that scene. From oh, I know what you're saying. No time for sergeants. No time for sergeants. If you haven't watched this watch movie, that. it's not a horror movie, but we got to review it. Not this week, but we will. Oh, yeah. It's one it's of Andy my all time favorite movies. Love this movie. There's a scene where they're in an aircraft mm -hmm. and it's military and it's hilarious. And this is exactly how I see that unfolding. We'll stop now. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Two sisters, six-year-old Helen and nine-year-old Frances Gregg, along with their nine-year-old cousin, Ella Davies, were playing 200 yards from a playhouse in the woods that had been built for them by their father, Walter Gregg, who had served as a paratrooper during World War II. The playhouse was struck by the bomb. Its conventional high explosives detonated, destroying the playhouse and leaving a crater about 70 feet wide and 35 feet deep. Fortunately, the Thistle nuclear core was stored elsewhere on the aircraft. All three girls were injured by the explosion, as were Walter, his wife, Effie, and son, Walter Jr. Seven nearby buildings were damaged. It also killed several... Of the family's chickens. <laughs> the United States Air Force was sued by the family of the victims who received U.S. $54,000, equivalent to $484,381 in 2020, or approximately 25 egg laying hens. They should have upped it to 500000 for them chickens. The incident made domestic and international headlines. Yeah, so take this spotlight off of Tabby for a minute. Yeah. In February 2015, a fake news website ran an article stating that the Tybee bomb was found by vacationing Canadian divers and that the bomb had since been removed from the bay. The fake story spread widely via social media. I wonder who made that up. Canadians. <laughs> Aren't they like that, though? They like they, to find bombs. They like to find bombs and remove them from their locale. <laughs> These days, Tybeans choose to embrace the bomb. One local man named Joseph Inglesby even trademarked the name Tybee Island Bomb Squad and sells merchandise like hats, t-shirts, sweatshirts, and other apparel. How I don't own any of that yet is a mystery we're to me. We're going to go get some. I got to hook up with this guy and get some stuff. I'll wear it on the show. If you want to join the Bomb Squad, you can find his products for sale at AJ's Dockside Restaurant on the Back River side of Tybee Island. You can also catch some amazing sunsets from their deck. Yeah, it's a great place. Yes, Check it out. It is. You get to, it's a very nice view. See, that's the cool thing about Tybee. You can see the sunrise over the ocean. Yeah, on our and side, set over where the we river. Live, we see the sunrise and we have to go on the Back River to and see it. And it's like set. a five minute walk to get to the yeah, Back River. Yeah. We haven't been there in months and months and months. This weekend. Because it's doing been it. cold. It's been cold. We'll make a little video for y'all. Yeah. In 1998, the Save Our Tybee Bomb float joined in the Beach Bum Parade, complete with a replica Mark 15 with pretty girls straddling the bomb. <laughs> That's Tybee. We can make anything into a party, even a nuclear bomb. <laughs> well, heck, we made hurricanes into a party oh yes we had it's a like great they hurricane told party. everybody to leave the island oh, yes. like, you're gonna die <laughs> and they're like yeah <laughs> we had a really fun party that yeah. night the first hurricane happened when we moved here and it was hurricane matthew the weekend that we moved in yes. was the weekend yes. that came like and they five had days not had a hurricane in a hundred years and so we got scared and left because yeah. there, there's only one way on and off Tybee Island. There's one road. Mm -hmm. And if there's a fender bender and 
heaven forbid there's a wreck with a fatality, which I'm not making light of fatalities. Oh, no. But if that happens, it's mandatorily shut down mm-hmm. for like six hours, right? Yeah, they have to do an investigation. Yeah, traffic so. cannot move either direction. And it is the only way on and off the island. Yeah. You don't have a boat. Yeah. And there's not many people that are going to have a boat to go back and forth yeah. there. So. I wonder if that float's still in that parade. I don't even remember I don't seeing know. it. I don't remember seeing it. So we got to check that out in May. They are still doing the parade as of, you know, the other day. I saw an article saying they're going to uh, go forward with it. I can't wait. I still wait. have that water cannon yes, if you I didn't throw it away. I know, I know where your water cannon is. I got Troy it for my birthday from Troy and Marie one mm-hmm. year. There are friends that used to live on Tybee and now they live like in, in Florida. Space Coast, Florida, which sounds cool. Never been a Space Coast, Hopefully Florida. Hopefully they'll come for Beach Bomb. They're supposed yeah. to come in May, I think. Yeah, they need to. So it's pretty safe to say that most of the thousands of visitors have no idea that they are swimming next to a thermonuclear explosive device. Yeah, we don't have like a billboard or anything telling them. But don't worry, because there are signs by the jetties that say, swim at your own risk, and there's a $1,000 fine if you go out too deep. I thought it was because of the rip currents, which we have (laughs) plenty of those, but it's probably because you stub your toe on a nuclear bomb. That Bubba just left out there for someone else <laughs> to find. Thanks, Bubba. That's going to bring us to our segment of the show that we like to call Graphic Here to Hope. This week, we found another gem. Thanks, Shutter. Thanks, Shutter. Sponsor us. Give me a call. <laughs> you can find my number here. I also have a wonderful social media presence <laughs> that may or may not be beside me on the screen at this moment. So this movie is from 1993. And it's by John Carpenter, and it's called Body Bags. Which you can tell by the title, it's a very romantic movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a love story. (laughs) It had everything. It had everything. It did. It had serial killers. Serial killers. Eyeballs. Eyeballs. You know how we love stories about eyeballs. love stories about eyeballs. Great 90s fashion. I am currently wearing great 90s fashion. And even aliens. Big alien. I was so impressed. Big alien. It's actually an anthology, which I always love because I like short movies. Like, I don't like. Why she likes Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, I like 30 minutes. Tell me a story. And I don't want to sit there for two hours. She has the attention span of a squirrel when but it comes I to don't. entertainment. But yeah, it's so weird. I don't normally. When it comes to entertainment, comes to that, she literally I want has, it quick. Yeah. There's two things she doesn't have. She doesn't have attention span for entertainment. And she does not have any interest whatsoever in superhero movies. And that makes me sad. I sort of. No, I like Daredevil. Not a movie, it's a TV show. No, I like the movie. Back when we watched it. The Ben like Affleck two, movie? Like in 2004, I didn't hate it. It was like one of the worst superhero yeah. movies ever made. I thought it was cool. And we literally just watched the newest Spider-Man movie. No, but it was so long and then you have to sit there for 20 minutes after the credits. Daredevil was... Uh, <laughs> okay, so maybe I like Daredevil the series. Charlie Cox. Yes. Do you hear someone talking? No. Huh? Ladies and gentlemen, we're in a studio at about... 11.38 p.m. by ourselves in I Savannah hear a in a building talking. that, by the way, is haunted because she's been here before and has heard voices what? and stuff happen. Everything is built on graves out here, so it's probably yeah. haunted. Even the even studio. The we're, we're literally, <laughs> well, we're not even miles away. We're like right there. Yeah, we're right downtown. I mean, we are right downtown. We're in the square, so. It's actually an anthology, which I always love because it's short and to the point. You got three stories and it's a comedy horror with a creepy mortician who walks around drinking and bombing fluid while telling the stories. That's actually my favorite part of the entire movie yeah, is the it was mortician so guy. funny. So the first story is about a young woman who's working her first night at a gas station out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Always cool. Yeah. Of course, there's a serial killer on the loose because there always is. Oh, you know there is. Like on the radio, you're like, 54 women have been murdered in the area. And it's like, no. Watch out. There's been 54 women <laughs> killed in the area. There's a guy that's loose. He's wearing a Santa Claus suit. He's a super creep. He's a super creep. Well, he didn't wear a Santa Claus no. suit. No. So they try to trick you into thinking who the killer is. Uh, like it's one of these rando creeps that walk in. Yeah. Because um, she's like in this enclosed area where she like. Like those gas stations where it's like an island off to mm-hmm. itself from the rest of the store. And yeah. it's just a little booth that the guy, the guy or you lady know? sits in. And like she'll con- like lock herself out by accident and stuff, you know. Horror tropes galore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't go outside the booth. And but what does we she both do? we both had it figured out from the beginning who yeah, the killer was. We so did. We're not going to spoil not it. That away. We're not going to spoil it because we do recommend watching yeah, this one. She's not going to tell you about people's heads exploding on this one because she may actually think you would watch this one. 
Second story. You okay over there? There's a gnat flying What'd around. What'd you swat in that? Some sort of bug. The second story is about a middle-aged man who is losing his hair, and he sees a commercial <laughs> on TV that promises to restore his hair. So, of course, he goes in to see this doctor. Yeah. But things don't turn out quite like he'd hoped. Though he does end up with some Fabio hair. I won't spoil it, but let me just say aliens. I will say that this particular segment of the movie has some of the greatest special effects oh, yeah. I've ever seen in film. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It's You just had to be there, mm-hmm. you know? And you can be there. Watch this movie. It's amazing. But wait, there's more. Here comes the homage. The third story stars none other than Mark Hamill, a.k.a. Luke Skywalker. <laughs> it's my hair and his head. This one is where the eyeballs come in. Mark Hamill's character is a baseball player who gets into a car wreck and ends up with a glass shard in his eye. He has to have the eye removed. Um, You kind of need both eyes to play baseball. So when the doctor offers an experimental procedure to transplant another eye for his, he jumps all over it. The eye is brown and his is blue, so it's super weird looking. He's got one bright blue eye and one really dark eye. So it like freaks his wife out. And so he has to wear a contact to make his eyes match. And we'll let you just guess who the eye belonged to. So this movie was actually pretty good. I enjoyed it. And getting to see Luke Skywalker go crazy was definitely cool. He definitely turned to the dark side. You were the chosen one. Wait, it's that's, Anakin. that's his daddy. <laughs> that's his daddy. And you know what our skill is on rating these movies. So what is your rating for this movie? On our arbitrarily chosen random number of one to 12 dog treats. I would actually give it 10 out of 12. I mean, Luke Skywalker, eyeballs, aliens, cheesy acting, embalming fluid. I can't think of a better waste of time. So I say watch Body Bags on Shutter. All right. What a glowing review from you. What do you say? I don't even think you gave Psycho Goreman 10 out of 12. No, I didn't love that one. <sighs> Man. Okay. <laughs> So I give this movie nine out of a possible 12 dog treats. It's entertaining all the way through. I love the mortician host MC of the whole event. <laughs> and he's got a little twist ending that yeah, happens. Yeah, it was a cool little You twist. don't really see it coming. And I'm not going to ruin it for you because you got to go watch this movie and the way it ends. You're like, oh, that's cool. Yes, yeah, so y'all I watch didn't it see and that let coming. us know what y'all think. Yeah. And that brings us to the segment that we like to call Layla and coffee talk. So the dogs have this giant water container. It's a reservoir. (laughs) It holds like five gallons of water. It's like a water tower. (laughs) Yeah. And you like, you know, it self dispenses as they drink. And so, (laughs) so why don't you tell them what happened when you went to fill it up the other day? Well, you know, water weighs about 8.94 pounds per gallon. It is incredibly heavy. And that's my estimation. I think it's fairly close. It might be more like nine pounds or so, Mm -hmm. but it's heavy and it's awkward when you got to put it in this big water jug and it has this tray that comes out at an angle. So you mm-hmm. got to like hold it weird when it's full of water and it probably holds like five, That's 10 five gallons, gallons of water. Gallons. I don't know. And I filled it up in the shower. And I'm taking it in there. <laughs> Why are we in the shower? I would never mind. Because that's where I fill the water up. <laughs> okay. Do not question my methods. Okay. And I come in there and all of a sudden it's like it's dripping a little. I'm like, why is this thing dripping? And I'm like, ah, because you got to flip it over in order to put it down. You can't just slowly turn it. You actually have to like yeah. flip it over like this or water goes everywhere. But turns out I had forgot to attach the little plastic device with the little filter on it that causes it to trickle out at a acceptable yeah. slow pace. And it also keeps it from overfilling. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I turned over the five gallons of water, gravity immediately took over. <laughs> And, and water went everywhere. Five gallons it of was water all over on my the sandals. The dogs were looking at me, and they yes. were not pleased with my performance. They were not pleased with you because they like wait for you to get the water. Like they'll stand there, like licking their lips. Beg. Yeah, every time you say food or water, yeah, they have to look. They do. They get excited. And they're like, about what that. are you doing? Pouring I destroyed all, all the their hopes and dreams. 
And I had to like use like 10 towels to get it up. Yeah, but she was going to mop that day anyhow. Yeah, so it worked out. They have actually been loving this weather just like I have. They've helped me out in the yard. We've been getting it ready for the spring. Yeah. And they are really ready to go on a trip to Hilton Head because dogs are not welcome on the beach at Tybee. Yeah, do not bring dogs or glass bottles onto the beach at Tybee. You can drink here. You just can't do it out of a glass container. You can bring cans. You can bring plastic bottles. And that's fine. But if you bring a glass bottle, that's a thousand dollar fine, right? It can be up to. Yeah. yeah or I a think dog. they just choose like whatever they want to charge you that day. Yeah. But we yeah. see plenty of people walking on the beach with dogs. But if you come out in season, there's a lot more, uh, not even police officers, it's uh, code, code enforcement. enforcement riding around in their ATVs and stuff. And they will bust you with a ticket. Yeah. So that's the only thing I don't like about Tybee is that we can't take our dogs down to the beach ever, yeah. not even in the winter. So we have to take them to Hilton Head and coffee has never been. Yeah. So it's going to be a very fun experience yeah. for her. I ho- think she's going to love the ocean because when I turn the hose on in the backyard, she loves to run through it and yeah. get wet. And Layla will not get anywhere near it. She hates water. And like we've taken her out to the Just ocean. Just say the word bath around Oh, her. yeah. Like that's how we like get her to behave. Like if she's doing something, Wait, well, like, Layla, you want a bath? And she'll like immediately back and down. And if you tell like, coffee you want something, you got to go on our TikTok and watch the most recent TikTok video. And you can see how much coffee is scared of water. Oh, yeah. She loves it. Yeah, it's going to be very fun to Another take them to Hilton Head. interesting fact about Hilton Head is if you walk out on Tybee Island and you go to the beach and you look to your left, you can see Hilton Head just right across the Savannah River. It's yeah, not even on the south it. end, you can see it. But it takes. By boat, <laughs> yeah. by boat, you could probably be there in five minutes. Driving in car, and you can learn this from the book in the garden. Uh, in midnight in midnight, the Garden of Good and Evil. In the Garden of Good and Evil. That all roads end here. There's like, it's not an easy place to get to. You actually have to go about an hour and a half, maybe even a little more, to go from Tybee to Hilton Head by car. Because you got to go all through Savannah. You got to go all the way back to the Talmadge Bridge. Mm -hmm. You got to go up 17 and come back around. It's a whole thing. Mm -hmm. That's why we don't do it very often. And also because. The beach at uh, Hilton Head looks exactly yeah, like Tybee's. it's identical. Tybees. Like, we've been out there, and it's like, wow, it's just like of being on Of course it's the same. You I can know. see it from Tybee. I know, it's but literally it feels, right there. I know, but like Myrtle Beach and it's stuff feels different. More, it's it's bigger. Hilton Head's a lot bigger than Tybee. It so. is, but when you're on the beach, it's like you're sitting on Tybee. So. Yeah. So I guess that's going to bring us to the end of the episode. If you would like to check us out, you can find us on our website, newly redesigned, at www.scarysavannahandbeyond.com or www.scarysavannah.net. You can find us on our social media sites. If you go to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, I think that covers all the bases. Look for the user at Scary Savannah. Please, please, please go to our website, find the video tab, Go to our YouTube page, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and like our videos. It really helps us out. We're still trying to hit that threshold of 100. And what I told you earlier on a previous episode is that we are going to be giving, we're going to start a new thing, actually. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go into detail on it right now, but I will say this. Whoever's our 100th subscriber on YouTube is going to get a free t-shirt. It's going to have this awesome new logo I made on it as well. And that's going to be cool. We've got some samples coming in. Yeah. And I can't wait to see them. And it's going to be awesome. So so subscribe. Subscribe. Like. Share. This is my talk. You can subscribe on multiple things. Like you if you use more than one app. And also definitely YouTube. So yeah. you can all give, different. And you can give us a call at the phone number that is shown below. 912-406-2899. Give us a call. Tell us about how we're doing. You want to talk about a story that uh, you might like us to cover or if there's something you like for us to play on air, we can do that. There's another way you can leave us a voicemail now. It's even easier, especially on a smartphone. If you go to our website, which I gave earlier, then there is a little icon in the bottom right side of the screen that you can push and you can leave us a voicemail right from your phone. You don't have to call or anything. You just push the button. You just leave your little voice recording there and hit send comes right to us it's just like calling on the phone but you don't even have to dial a phone number all you do is go to our website push that button record your message and if it's something you like us to play on the air do it we'll play it on the air we'd love to involve people in this and on the left side of the screen there's a coffee cup and you can buy me some coffee crystal needs coffee any coffee 
See, he drinks more coffee than the entire continent of Antarctica. It's bulletproof coffee, too. Got butter and MCT oil Yeah, we're keto. Bulletproof coffee is where it's at. That's how you lose 70 pounds. Exactly. Drink coffee. And she'd kill me if I showed you our before and after pictures. Oh, gosh, yes. Which is some not going to. We used to be fat. If you look real hard, you could find them somewhere. No, they're not on my social media. (laughs) They might be on mine. I don't know. I don't have any idea what I posted. No, I don't think you have. Yeah. So I guess that's just going to leave us with the one last thing. Join us next time in Savannah, where the ghosts and the good times live on. And apparently the nuclear thermonuclear devices are as well. I tell you, you better watch out when you come on down here. (laughs) 